Good morning, everyone. Morning. morning. So I'm kicking us off this morning, um, and then Lizzie and Adam are going to follow. So I'm starting in Exodus chapter 20. It's verses 8 to 10. So if you want to turn to that, feel free to follow along. Just to give you a bit of background of those verses, um, I'm actually covering one of the Ten Commandments. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that really kind, though, that God has put a commandment in there, a law, something for us to follow that's about rest? Don't you think that's really kind of God? That's, that's one of the rules, that you've got to rest. I thought that was really kind. So we're going to look at Exodus 20, verses 8 to 10. This is how it goes. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you, your son, or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who's within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven, the earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. There you go. So I, re- I was really struck by one of the things. Do you notice how that, that um, commandment starts different to all of the others? All, most of the others are you shall or you shall not. And this one says, remember. It's not a new commandment. It's not a new thing they've got to do. It's something that they've been told about before, that we've been told about before. Remember. Don't neglect it. Don't forget it. Recall it. Commit it to your memory that the Sabbath day is holy. So what is the Sabbath day? So God created the Sabbath day just like he created every other day. And in Genesis 2, it tells us that God set this day apart where he rested. After he created everything else, he made the Sabbath day holy. He made it holy. He sanctified it. He he created it. He commissioned that this day would be a holy day. And as we look in these verses in in 8 to 10, it says in it, we've got to keep it holy. So God's made it, but it's our responsibility, it's our duty to keep it holy That implies it's going to take a bit of effort, right? Is it easy for us to sit down and rest? Must be for some of you, because you're doing it right now, being quiet. (laughs) But it's a day that we... So you've got to make an effort to ring fence the Sabbath day. Whenever that is, I know that I've been in a job where I've had to work on a Sunday, so that couldn't be my Sabbath day every week. But it's important to have a day of rest, to keep it holy. It's our responsibility to do that. God's commissioned us to do that. It's right here. Are you doing that? It says in here as well, you're not to work. No work. It's a true day off God's given us. It means outwardly stopping working and inwardly stopping thinking about it. Now, isn't that a challenge? (laughs) Yeah, I hear a few giggles. That means not studying, not doing any rotors, not phoning your friends at work to see how the shift's going, no emails or problem solving. It's a day off. God has given you a day off, you're allowed to take it. Isn't that nice of God? Isn't that really good of him to have done that? God made a day of rest for each and every one of us. So you're allowed to give yourself a break. So remember the Sabbath day. To keep it holy. It's a rest for your body and for your mind. Are you getting it? The New Testament tells us God made, Sabbath was made for the man, not man for the Sabbath. 
so it does us good actually to have a day off and to have a rest and to keep the day as a day that's set apart for God so it really helps to refocus your mind gives you a bit of energy when you do something different rather than setting our set minds all the rest of the week we can think about worldly things how much money's coming in looking at your bank account think about how much work you've got but actually give yourself a day off God's created it and he's commanded us all to do it so I've finished now so I'm going to hand over to the wonderful Adam I feel like I'm at a comedy club it's quite funny next act um, can I just encourage you in this, in this season this is something new for me and it must be something new for you so the art of kind of having three people up or two people up on a Sunday if there's one thing that you take away that's really good don't feel that you've just got to kind of Try and focus on each person, because each of us have got different delivery techniques and all that kind of stuff. So just a bit of an encouragement, just try and at least take one thing from each talk. But anyway, there's half of my five minutes up already. Sorry, Gordon. So, uh, ah, right, Psalm 127, verse 2. Hopefully my good friend Lewis will have it. So it says, doesn't it, it is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Now, the basic theme to this psalm, 127, is that without the Lord's blessing, all human toil is worthless. It's here that we're taught that the builders labour in vain without the Lord, but under his divine favour, they then enjoy perfect rest. So verse 1 is a far more well-known piece of scripture, speaking of the need for builders to be diligent. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Are you diligent with the foundations that you lay? Are you diligent as you look to live a life built on his ways, on God's ways? It says um, in Isaiah 55 verse 8, Uh, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As we've heard, I think Natalie's kind of shared a few times, we've got some good friends at Lead. Um, And out of all the things I learned at Lead, one of the um, strongest reminders that I'll probably take from it is Steph Liston, I think the word is imploring, as in really encouraging, us to not forget his ways not forget his ways so as Natalie has just encouraged us to not forget forget I've just made up a word forget and neglect his commandments I like that Uh, and to be dedicated to God ring fencing time good old touch screen just quickly adding some notes we should be diligent in our work whatever vocation you are in or not in um But there is a fine line, a balance that needs finding, I've put here. So as a society, especially post-COVID, we're striving to find the best possible balance of having a better work-life balance. As mental health concerns are on the rise, it's easy to eat the bread of anxious toil, as it says in the psalm, especially when we are not well-rested. Now Solomon is clearly dealing with those who cannot seem to stop working, Are you a workaholic? Don't mean to be looking at anyone in particular. Um, Working is futile without him. It mentioned the word vain three times in the first two verses of this chapter. And as we all know, repetition in the Bible is really important and we shouldn't neglect the message that it shows us. In this case, work is vanity without the Lord. 
We are incredibly vulnerable when we strive for security in our own strength. Our safety is only found in God. And Sabbath is something that was given to us as an opportunity for us to learn to trust God and to strengthen our faith. What are your motives in work? Is it to glorify God or to glorify you? Now, I've had to check myself recently about my motives. Um, I don't feel that I'm that productive. So I put my alarms on during the week for 5.30am. Up before everyone in the house, including Esther, who likes to lie across both Lizzie and myself. Um, I started to ask myself why I was doing these things. Um, Anxiety starts to take its toll as I try and fit as much as I can into the day. Work hard at my new job, being a great dad and proactive, caring husband and so on. But what are my motives? I've now started to entitle each alarm with prayer points throughout the week, not to kind of big myself up, but just to kind of root myself in the notion that God is my provider, being rooted in thankfulness. God's blessings are the product of his grace, appropriated, that's a word that I often use, Um, By faith, not works. I'll say that again. God's blessings are the product of his grace appropriated by faith, not works. We need reminding of that, don't we? Quite simply, faithfulness in the everyday, coupled with the vitality in our worship, is really key to living. Our work should not take the place of or overshadow our relationship with God. Do you embrace being loved by God. He calls us our beloved. He gives us rest. He gives us the opportunity to sleep. I asked earlier about foundations. What foundations do we give ourselves? Are we burning the candle at both ends? I found this also, this might help some people, Uh, hopefully it's kind of cool. Um, It says, God not only gives sleep to his children, he also gives to his children in sleep. So that is when there is no toiling and striving, only resting in his goodness and faithfulness. A little encouragement there for bedtime prayers. So there we have it, a little reflection on Psalm 127 verse 2. I'm going to hand over... To Lizzie. Hello. I'm going to start by saying something completely ironic, which is if my work phone rings, please ignore it. <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, it has to be on. Um, Adam, if it does ring, could you just Adam, can you just silence it if it rings? Don't hang up. Hang up. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was talking to me throughout a lot of that. No. Um, in all seriousness, I, this has been hilariously ironic as I have um, actually prepared a lot of what I'm going to be saying and whilst at work because we're really short staffed at work at the moment so I've been covering a lot of hours and um, yeah so a lot of this has gone straight to the heart of like what God's actually trying to teach me about how to rest and um, motives and resting in his presence and, and not trying to do things in my own strength so a lot of this is coming from a real place of like current stuff that's going on in my heart so hopefully and um, I'm able to get that across as well. So I've got two scriptures. Um, take from that what you will, while Gordon chose to give me the one with the, the double scripture. Um, so I might be waffling on for a little bit longer than the others, but I'm going to do my best um, to get across what I do feel God is saying to me. So I'm going to be looking at Matthew 11, 28 to 30, and also Exodus 33, verse 14. 
So let me read Matthew first. Matthew 11, 28 to 30 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Thank you, Jesus. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thank you, Jesus. And we're then going to Exodus as well. Exodus 33, verse 14. This is Moses um, speaking with, G- with God, um, asking him some questions, wanting some answers. And in Exodus 33:14, the Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. So in both the Old and the New Testament here, we've got a statement from God that he gives us rest. Um, he gives things to us because he loves us. Like Natalie said earlier, isn't he kind? He makes it a commandment. He tells us to, he tells us to rest. And on top of that, he is the one who gives us that rest. Um, he wants to give us things because he loves us, because he's a good God. Um, and sleep and rest come from him as a gift. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, from the, um, the New Testament scripture, from the Matthew scripture... Something that I want to say is that rest does not necessarily mean doing nothing. Um, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So a lot of you probably are aware what that's referring to. It's not talking about eggs. Um, so a yoke is something that went across the shoulders of oxen who were working on a farm. Um, obviously before the days of tractors and things like that, my dad's uh, is an agriculture, so kind of got a bit of insight into this as a child. But um, oxen would have a big, big, heavy, but well-fitted piece of wood over the shoulders of two oxen so that they were sort of together and able to do the work that God had given them to do. They weren't idle, stationary beings that just laid around and ate grass. They, were, they did stuff. They were doers. Um, so the point, but the point is that it wasn't uncomfortable and always really difficult to do because it fits. So it just was like, okay, let's go. I can do this. Um, and when we do our work and we handle our responsibility and relationship with God in the same way, it's not wearisome. It's not hard going. Like literally, if I had to tell you the things I've had to do this week in my own strength, I would be done in. But because of the strength that God's given me, because I know that he's put me in this place and he's given me this yoke and I'm doing it in relationship with him, I've got the strength to do it and it's not uncomfortable and hard. And I mean, sometimes it is. But when I go to Jesus and I take his yoke upon me, I can do it. He gives rest to our souls. We can do stuff and still be resting. Does this make sense? I don't actually have much time to sit still and do do nothing. Sometimes I think, oh, I'd really love a day where I just get to lay in bed all day and do absolutely nothing. Actually, that doesn't really serve me very well. I feel quite, quite low at the end of a day like that because I'm not wired that way. Um, rest for me is having a good sleep the night before and then, you know, having no responsibility but, but enjoying life, doing things, maybe going for a nice long walk, being with family. Um, Spending time with friends, maybe going to the zoo, things like this that aren't, you know, I'm resting. But I'm doing stuff, but 
it's restful for me because that's the way I'm wired and that's the kind of rest that, that God gives me. And there are times when it's right to sit completely still on the Sabbath. There's, part, there's scriptures that say, be still and know that I am God. It's absolutely right to stop, to take time in God's presence, to shut off all the distractions, to listen to what he's saying to us, to meditate on his word. There are absolutely times to do that. So don't hear what I'm not saying. Um, but the point of the Sabbath is not necessarily just to do absolutely nothing. It's to do, it's to rest. And what that means for us is all slightly different. But we know our, it's our soul rest, yeah? I will give rest for your souls, Jesus says. In Exodus, so we flip back over to Exodus 33. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So again, my presence um, will not be with you as you just stay still. I'm going to go. It speaks of a journey. It speaks of... um, it doesn't speak of sort of stagnation. It, it speaks of like, let's go through life. Let's do the things that God's asked us to do. And his presence goes with us and he gives us rest. Communion with him is how we get the rest to do that. Not in our own strength. That's when we don't ever get to really rest. We can sit and do nothing all day and still feel burdened, still feel un, 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 with unrest in our souls because we haven't given it to God. So actually the rest comes from him. It's not about the physical activity or where we are when we rest or how we choose to take that rest. It's about what's going on in our, in our souls and in our hearts in communion with God. Um, Adam mentioned it um, in his, his part of the talk, but all is vain without, without the Lord involved. Unless the Lord builds the house, the labourers build it in vain. Ecclesiastes, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Anything we do... Whether we're busy people, whether we don't have much going on day to day in our lives to keep us really active, any of it, unless we're resting in God, is vanity. Um, I read a really good book recently, uh, which was lent to, be, lent to me um, by, by Gordon, recommended to us at Leed. And I just want to recommend it to yourselves as well. It's called The Elimination of Hurry. Oh, didn't say that very well. I hurried through that. The Elimination of Hurry. It's by a guy called John Mark Comer. Um, and he's an American writer, and he talks about this subject in a really kind of practical way, in a really relevant way to our culture. He talks about how the invention of the smartphone in 2007 was like a, a, a moment in history that has changed the way we live life. And this busyness, this instant culture, this oh, I'm sat waiting at a bus stop, what shall I do? Look at my phone. Or oh, I've got, you know, I've got five minutes while I'm waiting for something to cook. Look at my phone. And he talks about how that and lots of other things have robbed us of Sabbath rest because we fill our time. We're not very good, and I am not very good at just waiting, just being still. He talks about um, at the traffic lights, how we're sitting come on, let's go green, let's go. Just, just sit, because it's a red light. Let's just wait. Just, just slow down. Let's eliminate that hurry, that pressure. And that's the kind of way I think that... Um, and we can experience Sabbath rest as well. Just whatever our season of life allows, whether that's a whole day every single week, whether that's more than a day every single week, whether that's a time in the year, a whole month or a week where life can slow down in a different way, whatever your season of life allows, practice the Sabbath rest. And if that can be a Sunday, then that's brilliant. Like Natalie said, it's not always possible for people um, who work on Sundays, obviously. 
church leaders, for example, it's not going to be a Sunday for them. Um, but having that time, however your season of life allows, protect it, work for it, hold on to it, um, because God commanded it. Um, I would like to also go back now to Matthew. Sorry, I am uh, I'm getting through what God's been saying to me. Um, he says, Come to me, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God takes our weariness and our burdens from us. He asks us to come to him with them, and he wants to exchange them for rest. Why would we not do that? Why would we ignore that invitation? Why would we keep hold of those those burdens, those worries, and not respond to his call to rest and to give them to him? I shared last week um, an analogy about a, a, a backpack and how God takes away like this huge like hiking bag that we fill up with all of our worries and we fill up with our burdens and he takes that away and he gives us what we can handle for the day. Um, and God, Jesus, what struck me as well, Jesus makes this promise just after he's declared that he has power over all things. So in verse 27 he says, All things have been committed to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. That's the first thing Jesus says. It's the first promise he makes to us. He's just declared he is the Lord of all. Give me your burden, and I'll give you rest. Just blows my mind that the God who has command over all things, all things have been committed to me. And the first thing he says is for our well-being. It shows his care for us. In our seemingly insignificant lives, the Lord of heaven and earth says, I'll give you rest. This is not a small add-on thing like, oh, I better take some rest. It's the first thing God says. Rest, my children, I love you. Give me your worries. Give me your burdens. I've got something better for you. I'm the Lord of heaven and earth. And I love you. And I care about your life. And I care about your worries and your burdens. Give them to me. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And I want to give you rest. Rest for your souls. Not just a good sleep. Rest for your souls. We don't need to strive. We can know that God is in control. And it's well with our soul. You know that song? Um, whatever my... Whatever my lot has called me to see, it is well, it is well with my soul. Whatever's happening, it is well with our souls. Moses was asking God for answers in, in Exodus 33. He's like, but, you know, if you, if you um, what does he say? what's the exact wording? Um, if you're pleased with me, teach me your way so I might know you. Remember this nation, da 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 da, da. Um, He's asking, what's happened? You've been telling me, lead this people, but you've not let me know what you, who you will send with me. I don't know what's going to happen, God. And, um, and the Lord's response is, my presence goes with you and I'll give you rest. Um, Moses knew that without God's presence there was no point. And that's what we've been talking about, all three of us. We didn't actually, we spent a little bit of time, we sort of shared notes after we'd done them, but we didn't kind of confer before. But God's really confirmed that through, I think, all three of these sections. Is that, um, that God's in charge, God gives us good things. And uh, let's, let's bring him our burdens. 
let's exchange them for his rest this morning and as we go from this place as well. Can I just pray? Thank you, God, Lord of heaven and earth. Thank you, Jesus, to whom all things have been committed. (coughs) Thank you, God, that you will go with us and give us rest. Thank you, God, that you invite us to give you our burdens. And Lord, I pray for all of us in this place this morning. I pray for myself. I pray for my brothers and sisters here. Lord God, that you would help us to give you our burdens. You would help us, God, to trust you with the things that weary us, with the things that we can't control, with the things that we can't change. Lord, take them and give us your rest. Thank you, Lord, for your promises. Thank you, God, that this is what you have said you will do. And we receive your rest for our souls this morning. And Lord, we commit to honouring the Sabbath to remembering the Sabbath, to remembering what you've told us to do, which is to rest because you care for us. We commit to ring-fencing that. God, we commit to saying, I'm listening to what my Father says is good for me. I'm choosing to honour what he says is good for me. And I'm going to practice the Sabbath rest. However that looks for each one of us, God, I pray you give wisdom, you reveal that into each individual stage of life. What does, it look, what does Sabbath rest look like for me? God, would you give us divine inspiration about how to do it? But Lord, we say as a community of people this morning that we make that commitment to enjoy Sabbath rest because we love you and we want to glorify you and we want to see more of your glory in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. In your powerful name we pray. Amen.